night for our Revive Wednesday night of worship. So good to see you tonight for our second Revive Wednesday night of worship of the year. These nights are uh, just been incredible. And uh, thank you for being a part of what God's doing here in the life of our church. Are you thankful for what God's doing here at Rinkin Church of God? I know you are, and I'm thankful that you're a part of it. We are so grateful tonight to have uh, Jordan and Lauren Ball with us. Uh, they are no strangers to many of you guys who have been friends with them for many years. And uh, they have been a part of our uh, youth movement uh, for a few times over the last few years. He's come and they've shared in our uh, youth retreat. And uh, Jordan is doing an outstanding job as youth pastor over in Baxley, which if you wonder where that's at, just Put your finger in the middle of South Georgia on a map, and you'll probably be somewhere close to Baxley. But they are stationed right beside uh, the high school there, and they are reaching a harvest of students and middle school students and just doing incredible work. And, um, and God's hand is on his life, and God's doing awesome things at the church at Baxley. So, Jordan, thank you for being here tonight. Will you give him a big welcome as he comes to bring the word? Sometimes you go somewhere and you feel like you're looking at a bunch of strangers, but I feel like I'm preaching at a family reunion. So I will tell you this. I'm not sure how much y'all pay him, but um, I'm not sure how much you charge either, but I might just pay you to follow me around as a hype man, and you just go wherever I go, and we'll do it that way. But um, it is good to be here tonight. I am. It's always a good thing when uh, you get to go share the Word of God, and you get to encourage people, and uh, I am grateful for this opportunity um, you may feel like you, a lot of people may not know, you say, well, where's Rinkin? A lot of people say, well, I don't tell people I'm from Rinkin, I tell them I'm probably from Savannah, that's easier to find on a map. But um, we hear about Rinkin Church of God all across Southeast Georgia, I want to go ahead and tell you that. And across the Church of God, you are uh, doing a fantastic job here, and uh, from Pastor Les and all the way down, every staff member and volunteer, you guys are knocking it out of the park right now, and um, if you would, go ahead and give your pastor and his leadership and his staff a hand for doing a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Um, I am on an assignment tonight to simply do one thing, and that is encourage you. Um, I got asked, I believe it was after our um, pastor's State, state minister's meeting that we had back in December and uh, got a phone call uh, from Pastor Les and he said, hey, you know, coming up in around May or whatever, we're, we're looking at doing this, you know, what do you think about coming and speaking? I looked at it, I was able to do it and uh, immediately, sometimes preachers get nervous. They're saying, God, I know you told me to speak, but I'm, I'm still waiting, you know, and it gets closer to time and uh, I've been the night before, I've been the week before I'm like I'm still I, I promise you I'm listening but this is one of those ones where when he asked me to speak God said right here the moment he said speak these 
uh, th- these three words came to me, and I said, okay. The story came to me. The three words came to me. He said, this is what I want you to share with them. So I've been sitting on this thing and haven't shared it with anybody for about five, almost six months. So here it goes. And if it comes out in about seven minutes, then it comes out in seven minutes because it's, it's got a lot of force behind it, all right? But no, um, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that life can change in the blink of an eye. I believe without a doubt that life can change in a blink of an eye. You can have calm turn to chaos. You can have a family of two suddenly become a family of three. You can have sunshine can turn to rain in just a moment. But life can change in the blink of an eye. I honestly believe that as as Christians, life can change just like that. I believe we are all one step away from life-changing moments. When you think about it as Christians, I believe that we're one step away from prayers being answered. I believe we're one step away from prayers being answered. I believe we're one step away from the breakthrough we've been waiting on taking place. I believe we're one step away from our relationship with God changing for the better, getting where we want to get to. I believe we're simply one step away. I believe as the church, we're one step away. I believe as the church, we're one step away from seeing the lost saved, from seeing the revival take place that we've been praying and believing for. I believe we're one step away from our church services being filled with people who say, look, I'm sick. I've tried everything that there is to try, but I've heard about a man named Jesus. People, it's coming. The medical field is an expensive field, and some people can't pay those bills. Do I feed my kids or do I get well? I believe we're one step away from seeing that take place. But how can I say this? How can I say this and how can I believe this? Is this really true? How does this happen? How is something like this possible? If you look in the Bible, there's a story that I absolutely I love because every time I read this story, it says that the Bible is alive. So you read a story one time, you get something out of it, you read it again, you get something else out of it. I believe that this, this story right here, every time I read it, I go, I didn't think about that. I sit here and I find something else that I, that I enjoy about it, that I gather from it. So I'm going to read this story. I want you to, in your, in your own way, start looking at little details. And we're going to pick a few of them apart. And I like colors and highlighters and all that good thing. So you, I, I made some of the guesswork very easy for you. It should be highlighted for you there on the screen, a few of them are. But it's found in Acts chapter 16. Now Paul and Silas have been ministering. They have been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, the next thing you know, as they're sharing the gospel, um, they get locked up for it. They're in jail. They don't get three meals a day, a nice bed, air conditioning. They're in jail. They're in prison. I want you to watch this story unfold, and I'm going to make some points about it, and we're going to move on. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I've been waiting on this thing for months, and I just believe God is about to do something absolutely mind-blowing here tonight. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, everybody say immediately. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. 
When the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and, his, and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house, and he set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. There's a lot you can take from those verses right there. I could sit here all night and start picking apart different things that all stand out to me. I highlighted a few of them, but here's one of the main things when I, when I when I said, yes, I'll go preach, and I would love to. I'd love to go share the gospel with them. I'd love to go encourage them. God says, go read this story. I want to show you something. I open it up, and I start looking at it, and here's what he says. This jailer was one step away, and he didn't even realize it. This jailer was one step away. He didn't realize Do you see what happened in this story? He's one step away. He doesn't even realize it. In the blink of an eye, people, listen. In the blink of an eye, here's what happens. I might shout and just drop the mic and leave. Because I believe this is what we're about to see in our churches. In one step, in the blink of an eye, this jailer went from suicide. Come on. He drew his sword to kill himself because if they've all escaped, they're going to humiliate me and put me up in the public square and kill me in front of my family. So let me just go ahead and do it now. This jailer, in the blink of an eye, goes from suicide to salvation just like that it gets better he goes from suicide to salvation not just him but if you read the story it says hey I just found this man named Jesus you just shared with me come on come with me both of you yeah you you come with me takes him to his house he and his whole family now they're all saved in the blink of an eye now they're not only just saved they're all baptized in the blink of an eye now their whole lives are changed and in a moment that he did not prepare for in a moment he was not looking for out of nowhere life changed and he went from I'm about to kill myself and there will be no father in my house anymore so now going from no father in the house to a brand new spiritual leader that says, let's follow Jesus. In a second. And that's how fast life can change. He had no idea what was about to happen to him and his family. Here's a few things that I've noticed from this story, and I've got three points because that's what makes a great sermon. If you've got four, it's too long. If you've got two, you almost made it there. Here's a few things I've noticed from this story that make this transformation possible. If you've been praying... If you've been praying, if you've been believing, if you've been hoping that things are going to change, because I, I can look around this room and there's some that say, I've been praying for a long time. You, 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 you a young man, you've been, uh-uh, you, you don't understand. I've been praying longer than you've been alive. I understand. This is for you. Well, I just started praying about something. This is for you. If you've been praying, you've been believing, you've been hoping things are going to change, then listen closely. 
Here's a few things I've learned. First thing I've learned is right here. We're one step away. If we want this life-changing uh, uh, scenario, this transformation to, to take place in our lives, we can learn something. We can learn something from this story right here. Here's what you can learn. The first thing we have to do, the first thing we have to do is change the atmosphere. Some of y'all looking at me, what is he talking about? You've got to change the atmosphere. You've got to change the environment a little bit. You've got to stir things up. See, there's, there, there's two types of people. There's two types of people, and I figured this out a little bit later than I wanted to, all right? I tell my teenagers this, and I, and I preached it before, a whole sermon on it. You can be a thermometer or you can be a thermostat, and they're two different things. See, one of them tells the temperature. Somebody's sick, put a thermometer up there to them. I know exactly what the temperature is. I can see it. My car has a thermometer. My house, I can go look at uh, different things and tell exactly what the temperature is. I can walk up into a worship service and be like, well, God is here, is he not? Look at this. Praise the Lord. It's a good service. Or I can walk into it and go, this place is dead. I can tell you right now. But you see, here's what happens. Thermometer just tells you what the temperature is. A thermostat not only tells you what the temperature is, but says, hey, you want to change it? You want to change how things are right now? We can do it. I can make it a little bit hotter. I can make it a little bit colder. I can make it just right. You have the ability to change the atmosphere that you're in right now. You can sit back and say, I've sat for 30 years, and I can just tell you it's just bad. It's just doom. It's just gloom. Nothing's ever going to happen. Nothing's ever going to change. And as long as we think that way, as long as we act that way, as long as we talk that way, things are not going to change. You can go another 30 years and nothing's going to happen. Or we can say, you know what? I can be like Paul and Silas. I can be preaching the gospel, living the life I'm supposed to live, sharing Jesus, and out of nowhere I find myself in prison. Now, my hands are locked up and my feet are locked up, and I can just sit back and have a pity party and get all sad and doom and gloom and say, well, somebody listen to this sad story I've got to play. Or it can be midnight. It can be pitch black dark. The jailer can be asleep. I cannot know anybody else around me but my friend Silas and say, you know what? It's midnight. I don't know about you, but I think I'm just going to praise God for a moment because the Bible said the moment they began to praise God an earthquake came when they were singing hymns and songs to God and immediately things changed immediately they changed that's what they did in verses 25 and 26 about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were they were witnessing in the midst of their trial come on and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Well, how do you know? How, how do you change the atmosphere? You change the atmosphere with your worship. See, the devil can take a lot of things from you. We, we give him too much credit. You've been given authority over him to begin with. Jesus said that. He said, I got authority. I give it to you. Now use it. We give him too much credit. But you have the ability to change the atmosphere with your worship. That's why you can see two people in a church service, one of them worshiping God and praising God. They leave that service and say, man, I've, I have never felt closer to God. My, my, he was everywhere in that house today. And that other person can look and say, were you in the same building as me? Because he wasn't nowhere in that place today. Somebody can get touched and somebody cannot. One of them's trying to change the atmosphere. The book of Psalms says this, one of my favorite verses, Psalms 22, verse 3. He says, yet you are are holy. 
And I love this word. I love this word. Some translations say inhabit or other things. I love what this translation, the English Standard Version says here. It says, yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. You are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. What does that mean? That means when I worship, when I choose to give God praise, when I, despite what I'm going through, things don't have to be going good. It could be in the middle of the worst season of your life. But the moment we begin to start praising God and worshiping God, he begins to set up, not just say, okay, I want to go where you're at. He says, no, 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 I'm going to enthrone that. I'm going to take my kingdom. I'm going to set up my throne in front of you, and you're going to be before the king. And he says, now what can I do for you? How can I bless you? How can I change your circumstance? How can I make you see things from my, come sit up here by daddy. Come sit up here by me so you can see it the way I see it. But it all happens when we begin to worship. And none of that happens if we choose not to. The only thing that happens is when we keep our mouth closed is the enemy wins. By choosing to worship, I love this, by choosing to worship, we have the ability to create an environment that welcomes in the presence of God. And in his presence, you ready? And in his presence, anything is possible. In the presence of God, anything is possible. I've seen it. I've seen it. You've come too late to tell me he's not God anymore. He's done moving. He's done changing lives. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it in my own life. You've come too late. We have to change the atmosphere. If you don't like the way things are right now, change the atmosphere. If you don't like the way things are right now, turn your worship up a dial. If you don't like the way things are right now, say, God, I'm going to praise you through the fire, and I'm going to praise you on the mountain. I love what the three Hebrew children said. They said, we're not going to bow down and worship you. I'm not going to stop praising God. He can save us from the fire, or he can let us die in the fire. One way or another, I'll either burn or I'll get through the fire, but I'm going to be worshiping him the whole time. The entire time. So the first thing we have to do is we have to change the atmosphere. With our worship. Second thing we have to do is you've got to find the right people. You've got to find the right people. Luke chapter 5, verse 18. Love this story. Some of you may have heard it. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof, went up to the roof, took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Verse 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say that your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Here's that word again. Verse 25. And immediately. Immediately. As everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. 
everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. You got to surround yourself with the right people, you got to find the right people. This paralyzed man had the right support system. He was more stable, paralyzed, than most of us are not paralyzed. Come on. The paralyzed man had the right support system. They, they did everything they could to get him to Jesus. Did you, did you realize that? They went to the house. You read the story. They go to the house. They can't get in the front door. They can't get in the window because people are sitting in the window. They can't get around the back door because somebody's in there. It's packed. They said, you know what? Well, we tried. We really... Let's, we've done all we can do now. Let's go. Hey, look, you're paralyzed. There's nothing I can do about it. i got to try to get you Jesus. He's got a line in front of him. We can't see him the next Tuesday. Sorry, we can't do anything about it. No. Well, if I can't get in the door and I can't get in the window, I'm going to make me a way in. Somebody go find a ladder. Somebody climb halfway up that ladder. Hey, you grab him. I'm going to hold him right here while you grab him. Let's get him on the roof. Okay, we got him on the roof. Start taking that off. I don't care how much it costs for the roof. It ain't even crossing my mind right now. What's crossing my mind is getting this man to Jesus. He surrounded himself with the right support group. He found the right friends. He found the right people to be around. Maybe sometimes, I'm just being honest, maybe, just maybe, the reason you haven't got to the breakthrough that you're trying to get to is because you've got people that are holding you back from getting where you need to get to. Well, they've been in my life a long time. People are there for a season, for a reason. They did everything they could to get him to Jesus. So my question to you is this, what does your support system look like? What does that, what does that, the people around you look like? Do they persuade you to quit? Do they help you keep on fighting? You've got to change your atmosphere. You've got to find the right people. The last thing you've got to do, last thing you've got to do is don't Give up. I'm about to read two stories. I'm try to get through this quick because I'm telling you, I, I believe God is about to do something here tonight. I promise you, I, I, I feel it. Two stories that I can almost just, just, just quote. I feel like I'm, I'm there. When I read these stories, it's so easy to picture what's happening here. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. This woman, <clears throat> excuse me, this, this, um, re- read about her in just a second. We've got two stories. First one, blind man. I came to Jericho, the Bible says, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, there's a lot of people. Jesus had a following, okay? Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now, y'all picture this. Dude's blind. Can't see. All he hears is a lot of people. People around him probably start talking. Hey, man, who's that? It's Jesus coming. Jesus? Jesus? Bartimaeus, Jesus. I can't see where he's at, but I know that if I cry out loud enough, he's going to hear me. 
Say that again. I can't see where Jesus is at right now, but if I cry out loud enough, I know he's still going to hear me. Blind Bartimaeus is standing there. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Stop. There's no reason. Don't bother Jesus. You're blind. Deal with it. It's okay. You've been this way your whole life. You've, you're comfortable. You've got life figured out. There's no reason. Stop. Don't bother him. It's, it's okay. You're fine the way things are. I'm not fine the way things are. I want things to change. I'm not comfortable the way that I am right now. I don't like the situation I'm in. I'm not just accepting this as defeat. I know that God's got greater things in store for me. I just got to get a hold of him. And here's what he says. Telling him to be silent. I love this. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. Now, picture this, y'all. He, he's in a crowd. You got Jesus. You got 12 disciples. You got other people that follow him. Sometimes those disciples had disciples. It's a big old group. You know, at one time he sent 72 into the city. There's a bunch of them. There could be a couple hundred. There could probably be maybe up to 1,000. There's a lot of, a great crowd had followed them here. There's people talking, probably people excited. He's on the way. And Jesus hears this man calling out. Son of David, have mercy on me. And he turns and he looks and he says, hey, whoever that is, get him. Call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, I love it, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Here it is again. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. That is Psalms 22.3 right there. Yet you are holy and thrown on the praises of Israel. I'm crying out to you, God. Hey, go get them. Hey, I want bring him right before me, please. What do you want me to do for you? I want something back that was taken from me. He didn't say that I want to see for the first time. I want you to restore my sight. Something has been taken from people in this room. And the enemy said, I've taken it from you. Now I've got you where I want you and you've accepted it. It's time to take back what is yours. It's time to come before the throne and say, you know what? No more. I'm not letting this be the status quo. God says, I want to do greater, exceedingly, abundantly more, beyond anything you could ever ask or think. Come to me. You have not because you ask not. Get into my presence and let me be God in your life. Immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Luke chapter 8, 43 and 48. I love this. 43 through 48. A woman in the crowd had suffered for just a couple of days. No, 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 no. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years of constant bleeding. She could find no cure. She gone everywhere she'd go, y'all. She searched for 12 years to get healed from him. She's tried every option possible. I have found no, nobody 
can do this. Nobody can heal me. Nobody can fix me. Nobody can help me. For 12 years, she could find no cure. Mm. Coming up behind Jesus. She touched the fringe of his robe. You read a couple, I took those first couple verses out. She's crawling, y'all. She's weaving her way through the crowd. She's hurting. Bleeding for 12 years, she's hurting. She said, here's my chance. Because I've gotten the right atmosphere. What atmosphere is that? Jesus is passing by. Here's my moment. I've tried everything this world says there is. I've gone everywhere. I've tried everything that I, that I can try. Nothing has helped me this far. But there's a man named Jesus that is passing me by, and I've heard what he's done for somebody else. And if he can do it for somebody else, maybe, just maybe, he can do it for me. Here's my opportunity. Let me crawl my way through this crowd. And the Bible says she reached out, and she touched the fringe of his robe. There's that word again. Immediately. The bleeding stopped. She reached out. You ever think about that? Somebody's reaching out. What's the, what are they doing? Oh, they're just reaching out. No, nah, baby, they're worshiping. I'm reaching out. I'm reaching out. I'm doing everything. I can. I, I'm going for you, God. I'm, going, I'm reaching out. What did Bartimaeus do? He cried out. He opened up his mouth. He refused to be silent. She refused to sit back. She said, no, nah, 12 years is 12 years too long. Here's my chance, and Jesus comes by. It says, immediately the bleeding stopped. Verse 45, who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, hold on, Jesus, I know you're God. Okay, some questions are rhetorical. I've been following you for a while. Figured that much out. Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. There's people everywhere. Why would you ask the question, who touched me? A bunch of people probably touched you. But Jesus said, no, 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 you, you, mm, Peter, someone didn't just touch me. Someone deliberately touched me. There's a reason they touched me. Why you say that? Because I felt healing power go out from me. Somebody, just a regular, somebody touched me because they had a need. Somebody got in my presence and touched me. I felt healingly. It was a different touch. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. I say all that to say this. What do I learn from these two stories right here? What do I learn about not giving up from these two stories? This is what I learned. Maybe this means something to you. Maybe you can take hold of this tonight. Maybe you can put this into use. You ready? Cry out louder and keep crawling. Cry out louder and keep crawling. Don't stop too soon. Don't stop too soon. There's a story of a, of a guy who owned a field, and he, went to, he found gold, and he said, maybe I can find the vein for it. He keeps digging, and he never found it. 
He gave up and said, well, I'll just give. I didn't find it pretty quick. I'll just give. I'm just going to sell the field. So he sold the field to this guy, and he said, I'll take it. Sure, why not? Suppose there's gold out here. Where'd you stop digging? I stopped digging right here. All right, thanks. Here's the money. See ya. Literally, the guy said, hey, you're a miner, right? Yeah. Look at my field. I want you to kind of scope this out for me. Where do you think the main vein for this gold is going to be at? He said, well, if I had to say, probably right here. All right, let's look. He went over there, started digging, found the main vein for the gold, and as a multimillionaire, multimillionaire. But you want me to tell you the craziest thing about it? He found the main vein where all the gold was in the mine three feet away from where he stopped digging. He stopped too so don't stop too soon. I know you've been praying a while. I know you've been believing. I know it's gotten tough. I know you think that uh, people are telling you, well, God, God doesn't move anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. God doesn't speak anymore. I'm sitting here tonight to tell you that's false. The same God that rose Jesus from the grave is the same God that's alive and well today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. How can you say this? How can you say something like this? Why do you believe this? Because Galatians 6, 9 says this, and this has been true in my life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Some of you know our story. Some of you know a little bit about it. You saw us walk in, you saw a six-year-old little girl, and you saw a two-year-old little girl. How can you tell me don't give up? How can you tell me I can change my atmosphere? How can you tell me that I've got to surround myself with the right people? How can you tell me not to give up? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through, but I can tell you what I've been through. And I can tell you what kind of God I serve. I changed my atmosphere. We had three different doctors tell us there was not a 1%, 2%, 3%, a 0% chance of you ever having a child. We can't explain it. We don't know why. I've already spoiled it because you saw a six-year-old or two-year-old walk in here with us. For 1,015 days, we prayed. I didn't get quiet. I didn't get silent. Was I upset? Absolutely. Was I angry at times? You bet. Did I stop worshiping? Nope. Did it get tiring? Yep. So what would you do? I found the right people. There's some people in this room that when my arms got tired, I felt like Moses fighting the battle. Joshua's down on the battlefield, and the Bible says in the Old Testament that they're fighting, and God says, Moses, go to the top of the mountain. And as long as you're on the top of the mountain, here's what I want you to do. As long as you have your hands up, Israel will win. The moment your hands go down, they will lose. Was it a matter of holding his hands up? No. It was a matter of worshiping God through the entire battle. And he got tired. And the Bible says his hands began to fall. And as his hands began to fall, Israel began to lose. So what happened? He found the right people. Aaron and Hur come up beside him. And they sat him down on a rock and they stood beside him. And the Bible says that one of them got on one side, one of them got on the other. And they lifted his arms up. And the moment they lifted his arms up, Israel began to prevail. And they won the fight. They won the battle. So I had to find the right people. And there's people in this room that when my arms were tired, when my wife's arms were tired, they came over to our house, and they began to paint our rooms. And they don't realize how much this meant to us at the time. But they gave me the faith that when the security man came by, 
He said, I'm going to install a security system in your brand new house. I said, I appreciate it. He said, what do you want to call this? I said, we'll call this kitchen. We'll call this living room. We'll call this master bedroom. We'll call this master bathroom. We'll call this front entrance. What do you want to call this room? That room will be the guest room. What do you want to call this one right here? We're going to call that one the nursery. Why? Because I'm speaking things as though they were. We're going to call this one the nursery. Why? Because I don't have a child yet. And I'm going to have to pray for 1,015 days and keep worshiping and keep believing. But eventually, there's going to be a little child in that room right there. He, ain't, she, he or she ain't here yet, but they're coming. So we did pray. My arms got tired. We had people come up beside us, made bracelets, sent us songs, prayed with us, spoke over us, believed with us, cried with us, laughed with us. We went back for one more test and said, maybe this is it. We'll just one more test, see what happens. And they come back and they say, listen, we can't explain it. We don't know why, but for some reason, your results have turned around, and we don't know why you couldn't have a child now. In the blink of an eye, it goes from hopeless to hopeful with two L's. Why can I tell you that? Because God didn't just do it one time. He's done it twice. I got two little girls. Then he did it again. I even asked for it. I got a 16-year-old boy now. And he knows I'll beat him when he gets home. I'm just kidding. I've seen it in my own life. That's one example. I've seen people who can't walk, their backs straighten up, and the brace go down to the ground. I've seen it. I've seen a little girl in front of me at a conference who forgets her, both of her hearing aids and turns and looks at her youth pastor and says, I forgot my hearing aids. What am I going to do? I can't hear anything. They're in the room. Worship starts going. Spirit of God gets to moving. Sweetheart, it was a divine intervention. You forgot your hearing aids because you ain't going to need them after tonight. And she turns and she looks at him. When she turns, she looks at him, this look on her face, I'll never forget it. Her eyes were as wide as they could be. And she said, hey, hey, hey. He said, what is it? She said, I can hear him. She said, what are you talking? I can hear him. He's saying this, 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 this. I can hear him. And in that moment, God said, you know what? You thought it was a mistake. But no, no, I was setting that up. I was setting you up for something. I was setting you up for me to show up and be God. Why did Paul and Silas get arrested? I don't know. Maybe the whole reason they got arrested was so a soldier and his entire family could be saved. Who knows? But they didn't say, oh, let's have a pity party. Why me? They said, oh, you know what? Well, maybe, just maybe, uh, if I just praise God, everything's going to be all right. Well, you know what? It is going to be all right. You keep praising God, you win in the end. No matter what. So I can tell you not to give up. Why? Because we didn't give up. Because we didn't give up. We surrounded ourselves with the right. We changed the atmosphere. I didn't like the way things are, or the way things were, so we kept worshiping anyway. So here's what I'm telling you tonight. You can believe me or not. I've told you what the Word of God says. I've told you what's happened in my own life. Now here's the opportunity you have. Either I believe it or I don't. Either I believe it or I don't. And here's what God wants you to know tonight. You ready? You are one step away. Come on, church. You are one step away 
from a breakthrough. You're one step away from promises being fulfilled. You're one step away from dreams coming true. You're one step away from being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're one step away from God showing up when you thought he forgot you. You're one step away from seeing your sons and your daughters you've been praying for be saved. You're one step away from your spouse coming to Jesus. You're one step away from cancer disappearing. You're one step away from healing taking place. You're one step away, so don't stop digging three feet away. Don't get, come on, if you're going to praise him, praise him. You're one step away. Now I'm speaking to you as a church real quick. I'm going to speak to you as a church. I'm going to speak to you as individuals. And I'm getting out the way. God Listen closely. God has strategically placed Rinkin Church of God in this region to absolutely explode at the seams and to make an eternal impact not only in this city but in this area and beyond into the world. I believe it. With everything that I have, I believe it. Church, you're one step away. I've been praying for years. You're one step away. You, you are here on a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night. And you've got young all the way to really young at heart. you got some youth and you've got just older youth. All in this house tonight. you got two services on Sunday mornings. you got things that are happening, things that are uh, changing, things that are growing. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing that God is still going to be God. You're one step away. Now as an individual... As a Christian. The moment you call yourself a Christian, you've got a target on your back. All hell is after you. I don't know what life has been like for you. I don't know if it's things in the past. I don't know if it's things you're currently going through now. Financial. Physical. Spiritual, emotional, family drama, marriage, children. I don't know what it is you're going through, but as a Christian, that doesn't mean life's easy. It just means, hey, when life gets hard, you got help. I don't know what life has been like. I don't know what you're going through. But I want to be 100% honest with you tonight and tell you this. God wants you to know you're one Step away. The thing you've been believing for, the thing you've been praying about, the thing you've been fasting about, the thing that keeps you up at night, you're one step away. And you know what to do. Some of you already got, I'm going to change that atmosphere. Mm -mm, that house ain't going to be the same when I, when I get back. Mm -mm, nope. Things are about to change. About to find the right people. Now you've got a determination in you. I, I, I love Daniel. Dare to be a Daniel. 
Looking for a good message series, Dare to Be Daniel. Daniel 1, chapter 8, sets the whole tone for his life, but Daniel was determined. Some of you got a determination about you. You're one step away. And then tonight, that's just an individual. Maybe, maybe you wandered in here, you don't have a relationship with God. Been in this worship service, see people raising their hands, hear what God's done. I'm going to be honest with you tonight. You're one step away. From what? As a person, we're one step away from eternity. We can die at any moment. Jesus can come back at any moment. And we like to think that heaven and hell are is, is as far away, as far away, yeah, as far away. Mm-mm. Eternity is a breath away. You take your last and you're there. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Be locked up in chains? It can be midnight. It's dark. It's not a situation you asked for. Not anything you were planning on having happen to you. Maybe you feel like you've done nothing wrong and you're in the situation that you're in. Let me give you some advice from Paul and Silas. Open up your mouth. Begin to worship anyway. Oh, they slay me, yet I will praise you. So here's what I want you to do tonight. I'm not sure who's coming up to play or whatever the case may be. They can come here and play something nice. Play something pretty. As a person, we're one step away from eternity. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand all across this house. Nobody moving or talking. I just want to reverend in this moment. I want you to look at me for just a moment. It would be wrong of me. It would be wrong of me to come here and tell you about a God that loves you. Tell you about a God that cares for you to tell you about a God that can take somebody from suicide to salvation in a moment take a situation where a guy's been blind and lost his sight and help him recover it a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years and immediately healed because she touched Jesus if you read that story she didn't touch Jesus she touched something that had touched Jesus it'd be wrong of me to tell you a story of a of a man who's paralyzed, can't do anything for himself. But surround himself with the right people. And they take him to this man named Jesus and he changes everything to where he gets up and walks out of that room. Brand new. Life forever changed. Why? Because of the presence of Almighty God. same God is the same God in 2023 in Rinkin, Georgia that says I know you I know what you're going through I know you better than you know you 
God doesn't know me. He's got the hairs on your head numbered. One of them falls out, he knows which one it was. He knows you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knows you. So we're going to do two things tonight. First thing is this. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here tonight, you realize, hey, I'm one step away from eternity. I don't know if I was to take that last breath where I would spend eternity tonight because you get two options. A very real place called heaven and a very real place called hell. And the beautiful thing is God lets us decide. So tonight, if that's you, you say, I'm, I'm unsure. You're one step away from eternity, yeah, but you're one step away from making that decision too. And so tonight, if that's you, you say, I need to make things right. I need to give my life to Jesus tonight. Or maybe just maybe, hey, I, I, I've done my own thing and I've left God out of the picture. I need to come to Jesus tonight. I need to make things right because, you know, I, I'd given my life to him and now I've done my own thing and I've left him completely out. Of the, I want to hit that reset button and say, God, tonight I come back to you. If you're in the sound of my voice tonight and that's you, I don't want you to hesitate. If that's you, I simply want you to lift your hand right now, high as you can so I can see it. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. I see it. I see it. Lift it up. I see it. I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. I see it. It's about six, maybe seven of you tonight. Here's what I want you all across this house. And when we're done tonight, I want you to find Pastor Kevin or Pastor Les or another one of these leaders here. Find me. Find one of us. Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. Let us get in contact with you because you're not alone in this thing. Now you've, you're fixing to surround yourself with the right people. This is the start tonight. So if you lifted your hands, I want you all across the south, just pray with me. Simply say, God, I need you. I can't make it without you. And the beautiful thing is that I don't have to. I believe that Jesus died in my place, that he is your son preparing a place for me. So I confess my sins to you, and I commit my life to you from this day forward. I turn my back on my past and look forward to a future with you. Today, I am a child of God and my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now come on, there's about six or seven that raised their hands, so let's go ahead and give God praise right now for that. Y'all got that song ready? Praise the Lord for that one. I heard on the way over here. I had to keep my hands on the steering wheel. So here's what I'm going to tell you tonight. Ready? Hey, six or seven that just joined the party. Now God has spoken to you. I know it. I've seen your faces. It's one thing to hear the Word of God. It's another thing to say, okay, I heard you, Jesus. Now it's my turn to move. And so if you're here tonight, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to be bold. 
I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to be bold right here in this moment. Some of y'all say, man, if he'd just shut up, I'd get up there. It's time tonight to change your atmosphere. Don't wait till you get home now. It's time tonight to surround yourself with the right people. Don't wait till you get home. And it's time tonight to do not. It's time tonight to not give up. So here's what I'm going to ask you. You say, I'm struggling. You say, I've been praying. You say, I've been believing. You say, I've been hoping. Five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I've lost count of how long. You say, I don't like the way things are. Things are bad in my family. Things are bad in my marriage. I got a report I I don't want to believe in. The doctor said this. He said that C word. He called out cancer. Let me give you a little bit of encouragement. Saw a lady come down to the altar a few, few months ago filled with cancer. We laid hands on it. We began to pray. We began to worship cancer-free. That's not the first one. That's a handful of them I can go ahead and call right now. He's still God. He's still moving. And if he's still God, I'm still going to worship him. If he's still God, I'm still going to praise him. If he's still God, I'm still going to believe him. Because he's done it for me, he'll do it for you. And so you're believing. You say, I'm ready to believe. I'm ready for things to change. Jesus is about to pass you by tonight. He's already moving in this room. He's about to pass you by. Here's your moment. Here's your moment. So you be honest tonight and say, that's me. I need to change my atmosphere. I'm one step away. I'm ready to take that step tonight. If that's you, you know what it is. Pastor Les is going to be here. I'm going to be here. Pastor Kevin's here. Whoever else is in here. Leaders, whoever you have. You say, that's me, and you're ready to take that next step. I want you to lift your hands as high as you can right now. Go ahead. One, two, three. Go ahead and lift it up. I want to take that next step. I want to take that next step. I'm ready to believe it. I'm ready to believe it. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. I'm ready to change the atmosphere. I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready for God to be God. I'm tired of the way things are. That's you. You lifted your hands. I want you to move right now. Go ahead and move. Go ahead and move right now. Go ahead and find a spot around this altar right now. Go ahead. Go ahead and stand around this altar right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go begin to change your atmosphere right now. Go ahead and begin to change your atmosphere right now. Find a spot around this altar right now. Go ahead and begin to change your atmosphere right now. And I love what this song says. One of the very first verses. I don't know if you've got it, if you could put it on the screen. If you've got that first verse, I want people to see this because we're about to sing this. We're about to have church. Because, hey, listen, they say they need a breakthrough. They say they're ready. They need a breakthrough. They need things to change. They're one step away. They're ready to take that next step. (laughs) When I'm at my end, you're just getting started. (laughs) When I hit a wall, you just walk right on through it, God. When I face a mountain, you're still faithful. You're still faithful. You're still faithful. And you're the God of the breakthrough. You ready for this? You're the God of the breakthrough when I'm breaking down. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to begin to pray with these down here. And here's your job, church. 
You can either be a, th a thermometer right now and say, you know what, it's nice, God's moving, there's a couple people down here, or we can radically change this atmosphere with our worship and let the presence of God usher into this place tonight and see these lives forever changed. So I encourage you to worship tonight because you've got a reason to praise. If God's ever moved in your life, there should be no problem worshiping Him tonight. So I want you to lift your hands all across this house and let's just begin to worship God in this place tonight. Come on. Let's begin to worship Him in this house tonight. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's begin to worship Him tonight. Come on. When I'm at my end, it's just getting started. When I hit a wall, will you just walk through? face a mountain you are the maker so it's gotta move when I'm out of faith oh you are still faithful when I'm at my worst oh you are still good in all of my questions you are the answer it all points to you're the God. Cause you're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, you'll be working a way through. When there's no way out, this one thing I know, you're still on your throne. So whatever I'm feeling, I still got a reason to pray.
Strength. 
They're praying. God's moving. But here's what I want to ask you tonight. It's a Bible verse that says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, remind me what it was like when I got saved. Remind me from where you brought me from. God, remind me of what you've done for me. This song right here says, I don't know about you, I got a reason to praise. You ain't going to have to tell me to clap my hands. You ain't going to have to tell me to open my mouth. You're not going to have to tell me to dance. You're not going to have to tell me to lift my hands. You're not going to have to tell me to sing. You're not going to have to beg me to worship. So here's what I want to ask. If you're in this house tonight, and they're still praying, there's, God's, God's, God's doing something tonight. If you're in this house tonight, you say, hey, I'll be honest. I, God's done something for me before. God's, if God's done something for you that nobody else could do for you, just lift your hand. Go, go, go ahead and keep it up. Now look around the room. What that tells me, there's a lot of people in this room that have got a reason. If he don't do anything else for you, you got a reason to open up your mouth and absolutely change the entire atmosphere. There's a lot of people in this room, I got, hey, I can be all by myself and I still got a reason to praise him. I know that I might be breaking down right now, but I still got a reason. I know the doctor said I'll never be healed, but I still got a reason to praise him. And so if you've got a reason to praise tonight, I'm going to ask them to go right through that song. And we're just going to open up our mouths and we're just going to let, we're just going to let it out as loud as we can, as bold as we can. And if you haven't made your way down here yet, let me go ahead and tell you, here's your chance. Here's your chance. You ready for things? Here's your chance. We're still here. The Lord is passing by in this hour. You got a chance to reach out and touch him right here. You got a reason to praise right here. So if he's ever done anything for you, go ahead and lift those hands high. Go ahead and lift those hands high. He saved me. He healed me. Guys, I should be dead right now, but I'm not. I shouldn't be here, but I am. I shouldn't be a father, but I am. He didn't have to save me, but he did. Come on, say this altar is open. Anybody else? Here's your chance. Anybody else? Here's your chance. Come on. Change the atmosphere right here. Oh, I've still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. I still got a reason to praise, praise, praise. Yes, I still got.
That's what happens when you worship. Come on. Come on, you come to life again. Come on. Come on, you come to life again. Come on. When you come around, come on. Come to life. Deserts to paradise. Souls just smile. Start rolling away. Come on, there's freedom in your worship tonight. There's a breakthrough in your worship. You take that next step when you worship. Yes, God. Yes, God. You turn grace into God. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. He's the only one who can do anything you about turn it. Seas into He's the only do something that God laid on my heart. Wasn't planning on doing this. Didn't even know that this person was going to say something tonight. And when this person said something up here on this stage, it was God's way of telling me, I've already gone ahead of you. Where's Kia at? Nia? Pia? We keep going with it. Rhea? Nia. I got a girl in my youth group whose name was Nia. I love it. Smile just like you. I got to know you two days. I've known about you on Facebook because I'm friends with the people called the Creech family. You may know them. But I got to know you. I saw God come alive. I saw God become real. And I don't know if you realized it, but I was standing over there and you said something when you got up here. 
God told me I'm already working. Because you got up here. You said you've seen people's lives change and you see them saved here. But you've also heard stories and seen it happen back home. God told me she's about to go back home. But I'm already there. Don't ever forget this story. Moses is leading a million people, the Israelites. He's got that task of having to lead them. He's already given God a bunch of reasons why, God, you can't use me. You can't do this with me. But he tells him, he says, I want you to go here. And the words out of Moses' mouth was this. He said, God, if your spirit doesn't go with me, God, if you're not there, I don't want to go. I only want to be where you are. God is already there. And not only is God already there, He's already moving. So you're not going to walk into a situation all by yourself. Because even when the world says, didn't we throw three Hebrew children in the fire? Then why do I see four? And the fourth one looks like the Son of Man. Because God said, I was already in the fire before you put them in there. He's already there. And He's with you. Don't doubt it. Don't you doubt it for one moment because there's been a fire lit in you and you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good and his word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you and you have thrown yourself into the word of God, the best place you can put yourself. Hide his word in your heart. Believe it with everything you have and even though they may be miles and miles and miles and miles away, you have surrounded yourself with the right people because in this world we live in, you're not that far away. You're a phone call. You're a message away. So here's what I would like to do. I've only seen you in person three times. Okay? But if it's all right, I would like it if the teenagers, youth leaders and all, can we just surround her right now? Can we just surround her right now? We'll ask the Creech family if they could just, just come up here real quick. I don't, even, I don't even know if you realize you said it. God says, I, 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 listen, I'm ahead of you. I'm already ahead of you. There they are. If you would, stretch your hands this way, church. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. And I praise you that you are a good God, that you still love, that you still care for us, and that your word says to cast our cares on you because you care for us. And so, God, right now, just as you have ordained steps and you've ordered steps of your people all throughout history, God, I'm asking you to do it again. God, you are already there. You're moving in the community. You're moving in the home. You're moving in the lives of those that she loves and she cares about. So, Father, right now with the determination of Daniel, 
God, that you would place that determination inside. She says, I am determined to follow you, God. Even when it gets tough, even when it gets dark, even if I feel like Paul and Silas, I'm in chains, yet will I praise you. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be quiet, but I'm going to worship. I'm going to walk into a place and change the atmosphere the moment I set foot in there. And God, right now, I'm believing for miracles. I'm believing for signs and wonders. God, I'm believing for salvation. I'm believing for a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit. God multiplied thousands to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be baptized, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, let a great revival spring forth right here and let it start with her. Let it start with her. And Father, even though she may go home, she is forever a part of the Rankin Church of God. And at any moment, she can pick up the phone. She can call. And Father, I pray that those phone calls will not just be, here's my need, but those phone calls will be, I'm just calling to tell you what the Lord has done in my midst. So, Father, I speak courage. I speak a boldness, God, to walk in your word every step of the way. Father, you're raising up a leader, and she has been, your word says it, God, and she has been, been, has been born and created for such a time as this. So, Father, protect her spiritually from every scheme, every dart, every fiery dart of the enemy. Shield her, protect her, surround her. God, I, I, I multiply thousands of angels to watch over her and protect her. Protect her physically, her health. Protect her emotionally. And God, I, I ask that you send people her way to hold her arms up to help her to worship, to fight the good fight of faith and surround her not only here with the right people, but there with the right people. And God, I speak salvation. I speak healing. I speak blessings. I speak miracles. I speak baptisms. And we declare it over her life. Let your presence flow from her, God, like a river. Don't just fill her cup, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and may it overflow from her into those around her and everyone she meets. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And amen. He's already there. He's already there. You guys give Jordan a big hand tonight. Thank you, man. Awesome. Awesome word. Thank you so much. We're so proud of you guys and what God's doing in your lives. And um, thank you for coming and pouring into us tonight. Wow. Man, what a night. That's why we call these Revive Nights of Worship. If you didn't leave revived, it's your fault. I can't do any better than that. All right? We will see you Sunday morning. Have a good rest of the week. God bless you.